Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 12, Texts 1 through 12. Srimad Bhagavatam, First Canto, Chapter 12, Birth of Emperor Parikhet. Text 1. The sage Shonaka said, The womb of Uttara, mother of Maharaj Parikhet, was spoiled by the dreadful and invincible Brahmastra weapon released by Aspatama. But Maharaj Parikhet was saved by the Supreme Lord. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The sages assembled in the forest of Namasharanya inquired from Sutta Goswami about the birth of Maharaj Parikhet. But in the course of the narration, other topics, like the release of the Brahmastra by the son of Drona, his punishment by Arjuna, Queen Kunti Devi's prayers, the Pandavas' visit to the place where Bhishmadev was lying, his prayers, and thereafter the departure of the Lord for Dwarka, were discussed. His arrival at Dwarka and residing with the 16,000 queens, etc., were narrated. The sages were absorbed in hearing such descriptions. But now they wanted to turn to the original topic, and thus the inquiry was made by Shonaka Rishi. So the subject of the release of the Brahmastra weapon by Aspatama is renewed. Text 2 How was the great emperor Parikhet, who was a highly intelligent and great devotee, born in that womb? How did his death take place, and what did he achieve after his death? Purport by Srila Prabhupada The king of Astinapur, now Delhi, used to be the emperor of the world, at least till the time of the son of Emperor Parikhet. Maharaj Parikhet was saved by the Lord in the womb of his mother, so he could certainly be saved from an untimely death due to the ill will of the son of a Brahmin. Because the age of Kali began to act just after the assumption of power by Maharaj Parikhet, the first sign of misgivings was exhibited in the cursing of such a greatly intelligent and devoted king as Maharaj Parikhet. The king is the protector of the helpless citizens, and their welfare, peace, and prosperity depend on him. Unfortunately, by the instigation of the fallen age of Kali, an unfortunate Brahmin's son was employed to condemn the innocent Maharaj Parikhet, and so the king had to prepare himself for death 
within seven days. Maharaj Parikit is especially famous as one who is protected by Vishnu. And when he was unduly cursed by a Brahmin's son, he could have invoked the mercy of the Lord to save him, but he did not want to because he was a pure devotee. A pure devotee never asks the Lord for any undue favor. Maharaj Parikit knew that the curse of the Brahmin's son upon him was unjustified, as everyone else knew, but he did not want to counteract it because he knew also that the age of Kali had begun and that the first symptom of the age, namely degradation of the highly talented Brahmin community, had also begun. He did not want to interfere with the current of time, but he prepared himself to meet death very cheerfully and very properly. Being fortunate, he got at least seven days to prepare himself to meet death. And so he properly utilized the time in the association of Sukadev Goswami, the great saint and devotee of the Lord. Text 3. We all respectfully want to hear about him, Maharaj Parikit, to whom Sukadev Goswami imparted transcendental knowledge. Please speak on this matter. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Sukadev Goswami imparted transcendental knowledge to Maharaj Parikit during the remaining seven days of his life. And Maharaj Parikit heard him properly, just like an ardent student. The effect of such bona fide hearing and chanting of Srimad Bhagavatam was equally shared by both the hearer and the chanter. Both of them were benefited. Out of the nine transcendental means of devotional service to the Lord prescribed in the Bhagavatam, either all of them or some of them, or even one of them, are equally beneficial, if properly discharged. Maharaj Parikat and Sukadev Goswami were serious performers of the first two important items, namely the process of chanting and the process of hearing, and therefore both of them were successful in their laudable attempt. Transcendental realization is attained by such serious hearing and chanting, and not otherwise. There is a type of spiritual master and disciple much advertised in the age of Kali. It is said that the master injects spiritual force into the disciple by an electrical current generated by the master, and that the disciple begins to feel the shock. He becomes unconscious, and the master weeps for his exhausting his store of so-called spiritual assets. Such bogus advertisement is going on in this age, and the poor common man is becoming victim to such advertisement. We do not find such folk tales in the dealings of Sukadev Goswami and his great disciple Maharaj Parikit. The sage recited Srimad Bhagavatam in devotion, and the great king heard him properly. The king did not feel any shock of electrical current from the master, nor did he become unconscious while receiving knowledge from the master. 
One should not, therefore, become a victim of these unauthorized advertisements made by some bogus representatives of Vedic knowledge. The sages of Namashranya were very respectful in hearing about Maharaj Parikat because of his receiving knowledge from Sukadev Goswami by means of ardent hearing. Ardent hearing from the bona fide master is the only way to receive transcendental knowledge, and there is no need for medical performances or occult mysticism for miraculous effects. The process is simple, but only the sincere party can achieve the desired result. Text 4. Sri Sutta Goswami said, Emperor Yudhisthira administered generously to everyone during his reign. He was exactly like a father. He had no personal ambition and was freed from all sorts of sense gratification because of his continuous service unto the lotus feet of the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. Report by Srila Prabhupada As mentioned in our introduction, there is a need for the science of Krishna in human society for all the suffering humanity of the world, and we simply request the leading personalities of all nations to take to the science of Krishna for their own good, for the good of society, and for the good of all people of the world. So it is confirmed herein by the example of Maharaj Yudhisthira, the personality of goodness. In India, the people hanker after Ram Raj, because the personality of Godhead was the ideal king, and all other kings or emperors in India controlled the destiny of the world for the prosperity of every living being who took birth on the earth. Herein the word praja is significant. The etymological import of this word is that which is born. On the earth, there are many species of life, from the aquatics up to the perfect human beings, and all of them are known as prajas. Lord Brahma, the creator of this particular universe, is known as the prajapati because he is the grandfather of all who have taken birth. Thus, praja is used in a broader sense than it is now used. The king represents all living beings, the aquatics, plants, trees, reptiles, birds, animals, and men. Every one of them is a part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, Bhagavad Gita 14.4. And the king, being the representative of the Supreme Lord, is duty-bound to give proper protection to every one of them. This is not the case with the presidents and dictators of this demoralized system of administration, where the lower animals are given no protection, while the higher animals are given so-called protection. But this is a great science which can be learned only by one who knows the science of Krishna. By knowing this science of Krishna, one can become the most perfect man in the world. And unless one has knowledge in this science, 
all qualifications and doctorate diplomas acquired by academic education are spoiled and useless. Maharaj Yudhisthira knew this science of Krishna very well, for it is stated here that by continuous cultivation of this science, or by continuous devotional service to Lord Krishna, he acquired the qualification of administering the state. The father is sometimes seemingly cruel to the son, but that does not mean that the father has lost the qualification to be the father. A father is always a father, because he always has the good of the son at heart. The father wants every one of his sons to become a better man than himself. Therefore, a king like Maharaj Yudhisthira, who was the personality of goodness, wanted everyone under his administration, especially human beings, who have a better developed consciousness, to become devotees of Lord Krishna so that everyone can become freed from the trifles of material existence. His motto of administration was all good for the citizens, for as personified goodness he knew perfectly well what is actually good for them. He conducted the administration on that principle, and not the rakshashi, demoniac principle of sense gratification. As an ideal king, he had no personal ambition, and there was no place for sense gratification because all his senses, at all times, were engaged in the loving service of the Supreme Lord, which includes the partial service to the living beings, who form the parts and parcels of the complete whole. Those who are busy rendering service unto the parts and parcels, leaving aside the whole, only spoil time and energy, as one does when watering the leaves of a tree, without watering the root. If water is poured on the root, the leaves are enlivened perfectly and automatically. But if the water is poured on the leaves only, the whole energy is spoiled. Maharaj Yudhisthira, therefore, was constantly engaged in the service of the Lord, and thus the parts and parcels of the Lord, the living beings under his careful administration, were perfectly attended with all comforts in this life and all progress in the next. That is the way of perfect management of state administration. Text 5 News even reached the celestial planets about Maharaj Yudhisthira's worldly possessions, the sacrifices by which he would attain a better destination, his queen, his stalwart brothers, his extensive land, his sovereignty over the planet Earth, his fame, etc. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Only a rich and great man's name and fame are known all over the world, and the name and fame of Maharaj Yudhisthira reached the higher planets because of his good administration, worldly possessions, glorious wife Draupadi, the strength of his brothers Bhima and Arjuna, and his solid sovereign power over the world, known as Jambudweep. Here the word loka 
is significant. There are many different lokas or higher planets scattered all over the sky, both material and spiritual. A person can reach them by dint of his work in the present life, as stated in Bhagavad Gita 9.25. No forceful entrance is allowed there. The tiny material scientists and engineers who have discovered vehicles to travel over a few thousand miles in outer space will not be allowed entrance. That is not the way to reach the better planets. One must qualify himself to enter such happy planets by sacrifice and service. Those who are sinful in every step of life can expect only to be degraded into animal life to suffer more and more the pangs of material existence. And this is also stated in Bhagavad Gita, 16.19. Maharaj Yudhisthira's good sacrifices and qualifications were so lofty and virtuous that even the residents of the higher celestial planets were already prepared to receive him as one of them. Text 6. O Brahmins, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. Purport by Srila Prabhupada There are two things in the world which can satisfy the living beings. When one is materially engrossed, he is satisfied only by sense gratification. But when one is liberated from the conditions of the material modes, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. This means that the living being is constitutionally a servitor and not one who is served. Being illusioned by the conditions of the external energy, one falsely thinks himself to be the served, but actually he is not the served. He is the servant of the senses, like lust, desire, anger, avarice, pride, madness, and intolerance. When one is in his proper senses by attainment of spiritual knowledge, he realizes that he is not the master of the material world, but is only a servant of the senses. At that time, he begs for the service of the Lord, and thus becomes happy, without being illusioned by the so-called material happiness. Maharaj Yudhisthira was one of the liberated souls, and therefore for him there was no pleasure in the vast kingdom, good wife, obedient brothers, happy subjects, and prosperous world. These blessings automatically follow for a pure devotee, even though the devotee does not aspire for them. The example set herein is exactly suitable. It is said that one who is hungry is never satisfied by anything other than food. The whole material world is full of hungry living beings. The hunger is not for good food, shelter, or sense gratification. The hunger is for the spiritual atmosphere. 
due to ignorance only. They think that the world is dissatisfied because there's not sufficient food, shelter, defense, and objects of sense gratification. This is called illusion. When the living being is hungry for spiritual satisfaction, he is misrepresented by material hunger. But the foolish leaders cannot see that even the people who are most sumptuously materially satisfied are still hungry. And what is their hunger and poverty? This hunger is actually for spiritual food, spiritual shelter, spiritual defense, and spiritual sense gratification. These can be obtained in the association of the Supreme Spirit, Lord Sri Krishna. And therefore, one who has them cannot be attracted by the so-called food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification of the material world, even if they are relished by the denizens of the heavenly planets. Therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita 8.16, it is said by the Lord that even in the topmost planet of the universe, namely the Brahmaloka, where the duration of life is multiplied by millions of years by earth calculation, one cannot satisfy his hunger. Such hunger can be satisfied only when the living being is situated in immortality, which is attained in the spiritual sky, far, far above the Brahmaloka, in the association of Lord Mukunda, the Lord who awards his devotees the transcendental pleasure of liberation. Text 7. O son of Brigu, Shonika, when the child Pariket, the great fighter, was within the womb of his mother, Uttara, and was suffering from the burning heat of the Brahmastra thrown by Aspatama, he could observe the Supreme Lord coming to him. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Death generally involves remaining in trance for seven months. A living being, according to his own action, is allowed to enter into the womb of a mother by the vehicle of a father's semen, and thus he develops his desired body. This is the law of birth in specific bodies according to one's past actions. When he is awake from trance, he feels the inconvenience of being confined within the womb, and thus he wants to come out of it, and sometimes, fortunately, prays to the Lord for such liberation. Maharaj Parikhet, while in the womb of his mother, was struck by the Brahmastra, released by Asvatama, and he was feeling the burning heat. But because he was a devotee of the Lord, the Lord at once appeared himself within the womb by his all-powerful energy and the child could see that someone else had come to save him. Even in that helpless condition, the child Pariket endured the unbearable temperature due to his being a great fighter by nature. And for this reason, the word vira has been used. Texts 8 
and 9. He, the Lord, was only thumb high, but he was all transcendental. He had a very beautiful, blackish, infallible body, and he wore a dress of lightning yellow and a helmet of blazing gold. Thus he was seen by the child. The Lord was enriched with four hands, earrings of molten gold, and eyes blood red with fury. As he loitered about, his club constantly encircled him like a shooting star. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. It is said in the Brahma Samhita, Chapter 5, that the Supreme Lord Govinda, by his one plenary portion, enters into the halo of the universe and distributes himself as Paramatma, or the Supersoul, not only within the heart of every living being, but also within every atom of the material elements. Thus, the Lord is all-pervading by his inconceivable potency, and thus he entered the womb of Uttara to save his beloved devotee, Maharaj Pariket. In the Bhagavad Gita 931, the Lord assures everyone that his devotees are never to be vanquished. No one can kill a devotee of the Lord, because he is protected by the Lord. And no one can save a person whom the Lord desires to kill. The Lord is all-powerful, and therefore he can both save and kill, as he likes. He became visible to his devotee, Maharaj Parikit, even in that awkward position in the womb of his mother, in the shape just suitable for his vision. The Lord can become bigger than thousands of universes, and he can become smaller than an atom at the same time. Merciful as he is, he becomes just suitable to the vision of the limited living being. He is unlimited. He is not limited by any measurement of our calculation. He can become bigger than what we can think of, and he can become smaller than what we can conceive. But in all circumstances, he is the same, all-powerful Lord. There is no difference between the thumb-like Vishnu in the womb of Uttara and the full-fledged Narayan within the Vaikunthadam, the kingdom of Godhead. He accepts the form of Archavigraha, the worshipable deity, just to accept service from his different incapable devotees. By the mercy of the Archavigraha, the form of the Lord in material elements, the devotees who are in the material world can easily approach the Lord, although he is not conceivable by material senses. The Archavigraha is, therefore, an all-spiritual form of the Lord to be perceived by the material devotees. Such an Archavigraha of the Lord is never to be considered material. There is no difference between matter and spirit for the Lord, although there is a gulf of difference between the two in the case of the conditioned living being. For the Lord, there is nothing but spiritual existence. And similarly, there is nothing except spiritual existence for the pure devotee of the Lord in his intimate relation with the Lord. 
texts 10 and 11. The Lord was thus engaged in vanquishing the radiation of the Brahmastra, just as the sun evaporates a drop of dew. He was observed by the child, who thought about who he was. While thus being observed by the child, the Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead, the Supersoul of everyone, and the Protector of the Righteous, who stretches in all directions and who is unlimited by time and space, disappeared at once. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Child Pariket was not observing a living being who is limited by time and space. There is a gulf of difference between the Lord and the individual living being. The Lord is mentioned herein as the supreme living being, unlimited by time and space. Every living being is limited by time and space. Even though a living being is qualitatively one with the Lord, quantitatively, there is a great difference between the supreme soul and the common individual soul. In the Bhagavad Gita, both the living beings and the supreme being are said to be all-pervading, yet there is a difference between these two kinds of all-pervasiveness. A common living being, or soul, can be all-pervading within his own limited body. But the supreme living being is all-pervading in all space and all time. A common living being cannot extend its influence over another common living being by its all-pervasiveness. But the supreme supersoul, the personality of Godhead, is unlimitedly able to exert his influence over all places and at all times and over all living beings. And because he is all-pervasive, unlimited by time and space, he can appear even within the womb of the mother of the child, Pariket. He is mentioned herein as the protector of the righteous. Anyone who is a surrendered soul unto the Supreme is righteous, and he is specifically protected by the Lord in all circumstances. The Lord is the indirect protector of the unrighteous also, for he rectifies their sins through his external potency. The Lord is mentioned herein as one who is dressed in ten directions. This means that dressed with garments on ten sides, up and down. He is present everywhere and can appear and disappear at his will from anywhere and anywhere. His disappearance from the sight of the child Pariket does not mean that he appeared on that spot from any other place. He was present there, and even after his disappearance, he was there, although invisible to the eyes of the child. The material covering of the effulgent firmament is also something like a womb of the mother nature and we are all put into the womb by the Lord, the Father of all living beings. He is present everywhere, even in this material womb of Mother Durga, and those who are deserving can see the Lord. 
Text 12. Thereupon, when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved, the heir apparent of Pandu, who would be exactly like him in prowess, took birth. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Astronomical calculations of stellar influences upon a living being are not suppositions, but are factual, as confirmed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Every living being is controlled by the laws of nature at every minute, just as a citizen is controlled by the influence of the state. The state laws are grossly observed, but the laws of material nature, being subtle to our gross understanding, cannot be experienced grossly. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 3.9, every action of life produces another reaction, which is binding upon us, and only those who are acting on behalf of Jagna or Vishnu are not bound by reactions. Our actions are judged by the higher authorities, the agents of the Lord, and thus we are awarded bodies according to our activities. The law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars, and a living being obtains his working body to fulfill his terms of imprisonment by the manipulation of such astronomical influence. A man's destiny is, therefore, ascertained by the birth-time constellation of the stars, and a factual horoscope is made by a learned astrologer. It is a great science, and misuse of a science does not make it useless. Maharaj Pariket, or even the Personality of Godhead, can appear in certain constellations of good stars, and thus the influence is exerted upon the body, thus born at an auspicious moment. The most auspicious constellation of stars takes place during the appearance of the Lord in this material world, and it is specifically called Jayanti, a word not to be abused for any other purposes. Maharaj Pariket was not only a great Kshatriya emperor, but also a great devotee of the Lord. Thus he cannot take his birth at any inauspicious moment. As a proper place and time is selected to receive a respectable personage, so also to receive such a personality as Maharaj Pariket, who was especially cared for by the Supreme Lord, a suitable moment is chosen when all good stars assemble together to exert their influence upon the king. Thus he took his birth, just to be known as the great hero of Srimad Bhagavatam. This suitable arrangement of astral influences is never a creation of man's will, but is the arrangement of a superior management of the agency of the Supreme Lord. Of course, the arrangement is made according to the good and bad deeds of the living being. Herein lies the importance of pious acts performed by a living being. Only by pious acts can one be allowed to get good wealth, good education, and beautiful features. 
These samskaras of the school of Sanatan Dharma, man's eternal engagement, are highly suitable for creating an atmosphere for taking advantage of good stellar influences. And therefore, Garbhadan samskara, or the first seedling purificatory processes prescribed for the higher castes, is the beginning of all pious acts to receive a good, pious, and intelligent class of men in human society. There will be peace and prosperity in the world due to good and sane population only. There is hell and disturbances only because of unwanted, insane populace addicted to sex indulgence. 